All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fucklings? What the fucklings? Where'd that one come from? I'm Mark Marin. This is WTF. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Nice to see you. Nice to be in your head. Today on the show, Todd Berry, who I started with, who I used to wander around the Lower East Side with wondering if anything was ever going to happen for us. Todd Berry is on the show today. It was a pleasure to see him. Got a little special coming out. He's got some things going on. Wanted to have Todd Berry on to chat about stuff. Let's let's get down to the brass tacks of what's happening, what I'm stressing out about. I'm going to a clinic to be put to sleep so a man can insert a machine into my ass to look around to let me know how everything's going up there. This doctor was kind of interesting. I went to the doctor and... Uh, I asked him about uh, I asked him about gas in a general way because I, I thought maybe it was symptomatic because uh, I've decided as I, I think I've told you that uh, I was trying to figure out what gives me gas and I've decided it's everything I put into my mouth and he said that gas has nothing to do with symptoms of anything gas is either bacteriological with from the bacteria in your uh, colon or perhaps it's because you're eating air and uh, and. This doctor is, you know, he's a, a witty guy. He referred to the uh, the inside of the colon as a compost heap. So I'm gonna I'm gonna flush out that compost heap, and we're gonna take a look and take some pictures. And so I decided to go ahead and stack it up that day. And uh, before that, I'm gonna go to the regular doctor to get a blood test, see how I'm doing with my cholesterol, because I have been eating uh, very little red meat. I've been exercising, and I've been taking all kinds of stupid vitamins to avoid getting on statins. So while I'm gonna have that kind of information in a couple weeks, I'm a little stressed out about that one thing i want to tell you is that the uh paperback edition of my book attempting normal is out today and i'm very happy about it and i'm happy about the cover because i went through some shit with this cover now as some of you who listen to this show uh heard david sedaris on the show and i'm not dropping names he was here and he came in here and he, he was chuckling at my book, which was very flattering. I was moved by it, and uh, I appreciated it. I was, uh, I was taken aback in a good way that David said, that I was even on David Sedaris' radar because he is the king of the witty writers. But during that interview, he had brought up that the cover of my book was silly. He said that the cover of the book made it look like a comedian's book. It's silly, and that it was, it was, it was better written than that. So I was very flattered, but that was a message. You know, that this cover is goofy. It looks like you're going to read a comedian's book. Your book was better than that. I appreciate the compliment, but my editor took note of this because we had a paperback coming out. So my editor, knowing that David Sedaris is the the uh, the king of, of publishing comedic memoirs and, and anything he said is like just is just like uh, gold dropping out of a mouth into the ears of the publishing industry. So they took note of that. And in a couple months after that uh, interview, they sent me their first idea for their new cover for the paperback. This is after this is after Sedaris says, uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a well-written book. Shouldn't be a goofy cover. Shouldn't be a comedian. Shouldn't be goofy. And I took that to heart. So uh, I get a letter from my editor. It says, we've been talking a lot here about the paperback of your fine book and grappling with how to use the paperback launch to expand the audience so anyway, we thought it might be a good idea not to feature you on the cover, but still to reference you in some way for your for the people in your core audience. Well, here's where we landed for the front cover. Let me know what you think. Now, I got I, I got to tell you, I, I I don't know if I can explain this to you correctly, 
or, or do it justice, but I woke up and picked up my phone and read this email. And then I looked at this cover and the cover is, the backdrop is like sky blue. It's like a light blue. And then it says, it's got David Sedaris's quote right at top. I laughed so hard reading this book, David Sedaris. And that, that part's written in white, like handwritten. And Mark Marin attempting normal. And that's handwritten in white on the light blue with an underline on it. And then the bulk of the cover is a gray cat. It looks like a kitten, a photograph of a gray kitten. And that cat has drawn in crayon on its face uh, glasses and a mustache with a little soul patch like mine. And then, you know, written in like Sharpie off to the, you know, to the, to the left of the, the cat, there's a little, uh, uh, you know, cartoon balloon, uh, you know, like a think balloon uh, with three circles. And in, the, in, in one of the bigger circles, it just says WTF with a question mark and an explanation point. And the kitten is flipping the bird. So I've got a great cat with a goatee and soul patch and glasses flipping the bird, just setting on light blue with a little think balloon that says WTF. Now, after Sedaris had said what he said, I was thinking like this, this has got to be some sort of prank. This is a, this is a prank. This is this, the silliest, most ridiculous cover I've ever seen. There's nothing serious. I mean, it, it's sort of grabbing, but I have no idea what the book could possibly be about. And it's, it's a cat flipping the bird. It's like, uh, what are they, they looking for the equivalent of, uh, of YouTube hits on a cat cover? Well, they kind of are. So after sort of like not seething, but being sort of stunned, stunned and shocked, uh, I wrote back uh, to my editor. I'll be honest with you. When I first saw the cover, I really thought you were making some kind of joke, like it was a joke cover. That was my first gut reaction. So I was upset, but that was me being diplomatically upset. I said, it's your product. You sell it how you want. I'm not on board with this unless someone is really good at persuasion. But again, it's your product. You guys know how to sell things, right? Marin. But I was beside myself. I, I was almost in shock about this cover. Just a a kitten flipping the bird with a mustache and goatee on a light blue, a sort of shocking light blue background. So I had to go ahead and send it to David Sedaris because I wanted him to see you know, what he inspired. So I wrote, um, David... Thank you so much for continuing to be so supportive of my work. I appreciate it. Since you inspired some rethinking, re my cover, I really thought you should see this enjoy Marin. Uh, P.S. There's no fucking way this will be the cover. So I sent that cover to David Sedaris, who sent back w- really the what makes him great as a humorist. <laughs> he wrote back, Dear Mark, I'm happy to hear that won't be the cover. Too much blue. Sincerely, David. Can I repeat the punchline? Too much blue. Hilarious. I, I wish you could see this thing. Maybe someday I'll put it up somewhere. I, I, I got to. But I, I am quite happy with the cover that they came up with. They contracted out to this artist, Andrew Fairclough, who did a, a sort of a Charles Burns-ish cover that I'm very proud of. So you can go now if you'd like to get the, if you've been waiting for the paperback of Attempting Normal. You can get it at your favorite booksellers, uh, but either online or in, or in real life. Okay? Can you do that? I hope you enjoyed that cover story. Yeah, maybe someday I'll show you. Hey, can we call David Tell? He wanted me to call him because he's got some shit going on. And me and David Tell go way back. Let's get David Tell on the phone. Hey. David Tell. Hey, what's up, buddy? 
What the fuck, man? I haven't uh, spoken to you in, in months. Uh, I think the last time we spoke was about uh, the porn show, which I did, and I had a good time on. So is that show, that's uh, that's no more? That's it? It's over? I hope to start the show again later yeah. on for the fans of the retro and, of course, um, for the fact that I have about three, 400 um, porn tapes in my house. So <laughs> um, I would say that we will see more of the show again down the road. Well, what did the did the old porn stars, I mean, they must have appreciated getting some respect or feeling like they were... Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, appreciated. Did uh, did you develop some new friendships with the all of the uh, the old timey porn stars? Yeah, you know that's a that's a good uh, that's a good question, Mark. Because uh, you know these the the older stars from the golden age are really pretty much only about ten years older than us. So you know it's uh it, it's weird to think yeah. that like kind of like we're kind of in the same generation as these people. Yeah, and uh, yet they are icons and. Uh, we should cherish them. That's what the show is about, which is a tribute to them. And uh, I'm really tight with uh, a, a couple of people from the show that I met from from the uh, Dave's El Porn, uh, yeah. Seika, who is a legend, an icon, the platinum princess. Uh, she's just amazing. She helped me kind of like wrangle all the rest, you know, meet up with them, you know. And uh, it, was, it was cool. And uh, Ron Jeremy, who is, you know, uh, I guess we can all say Ron is like the ultimate... Um, promoter. I mean, the guy is just uh, been out there for generations now, and uh, he's still doing it. So he's great. So you hang out with Seika? One of a kind. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Well, he's he's a one of a kind cock. Um, yeah. So you hang out with Seika occasionally? You guys just have coffee, or you maybe go out to dinner or something? No, I, I wish we could, but a lot of them live like all over the country. A lot of them also like live in the south. And, uh, you know, uh, then there is that whole, uh, you know, the Valley people, you know, right. out in California. I live in New York. But there's a few uh, New York ones. I just don't seem to run into them. Oh. I wish I did. So, wait. So, now, this new special, you got the, the new special, Roadwork, and that's going to air on uh, on April 12th. So, what? how long did it take you to put together that fucking hour, dude? I'm trying to put together an hour, and it's killing me. This hour is different from the other hours that I did, okay? Uh, usually, you do an hour special. You do it in a theater. Yeah. You know, it's shows you take the best of two shows well right. i i don't do theater shows really i'm a club comic you know i'm a bar guy yeah and uh i wanted to like kind of do the special the way i do my shows which is in clubs so i hit about five clubs all over the country uh and uh we took uh, the best of those shows and we turned it into a special and it took me a couple of months to like shoot the shows. Yeah. But it really took me like months and months of backbreaking work with my editor to edit it because there was just so much raw footage. It was just, it was just too much, you know, that's what I did. And I totally feel what you're talking about in terms of getting an hour together. It, it is like, it's psychologically the hardest thing I think for comics to do is like put together the material. What do you think? No, absolutely, man. It's it, cause like I blew an hour and a half on my last special and I really left myself with nothing so, you know, I'm just going out, you know, I'm booking small rooms just so I can do an hour with no pressure. That's the way I got to do it. But I know you don't really do that. You just kind of churn it out. You write them out and then you just kind of do it on the road. I got to go sit on stage and wrestle with myself for a fucking hour in front of people that understand that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I think that uh, that's the important part is like I you you do it like I do, which is, you know, you bring it out to the uh, to the road and like, you know, you do these long sets. And you really do get a feel from the crowd, at least my crowd. They're really cool with the material. They love, like, I think they, they appreciate the fact that I'm always trying to bring them new material, you know. And, uh, 
know, some of that is good. Some of it is incredibly bad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I listen to the tape, which I think is the most painful thing to do. It's hard. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's so, hard. Yeah, I've got like you know, five. Some, like, you know, late night show somewhere like Salt Lake City or something like that. Just realize how horrible you are. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I can't listen to it. Like, I listened to one of my tapes, and I was like, how do people sit through this? Uh, so I gotta, I'm going to have to wait a couple of weeks. <laughs> I, I couldn't sit yeah, through that's it. Yeah, that's a good question. How do people actually sit through it? Because when I listen to it, I'm like, you know, i got to take, like, these long masturbation breaks sometimes just to, like, bring me back down to, like, feeling, you know? Yeah, be able I do. To feel. I do know. So, uh, no, did you I, cut it? Did you cut it like, uh, you didn't do it like uh, like that. How did you end up cutting it? Are you jumping from, you're not jumping from club to club, joke to joke, are you? I mean, how did you put it together? Yeah, I think people keep asking me, like, what does it look like? Is it like uh, Chris Rock special? Yeah, to, yeah. Uh, my, my, thing is, uh, my thing is really just, like, each segment, since it's on Comedy Central, you know, because they do the commercial breaks, each segment is a different club, and then I jump to the next club. And uh, we go from, like, these clubs you're all going to know because you, you play them, and I'm sure your audience comes to see you. Uh, Acme, uh, Comedy Club in Minneapolis, uh, you know, Stress Factory in New Jersey, Philadelphia, the Helium Club, and uh, the One-Eyed Jacks in uh, New Orleans. And then as a left turn, I guess you could say the Chickabee Mass, uh, Lao Chinese Restaurant, Comedy Club. The Hookie Wow, that place is amazing because you get, you can actually see the little sternos. That's the only thing you see out in the audience is the little sternos. Yeah, it's like campfire. Yeah. It's like Game of Thrones or something. Like It's a, an army. You know, we also do like kind of like a tip of the hat to Radiohead. I mean, like we do like we I give cameras to the audience because it is really low budget. I mean, like I was kind of broke doing the um, Days All Porn, and this was like the final straw. Like I used my money to make this. I don't know if it's special now, but... When I was making it, it was really kind of like, you know, can we afford sound? I mean, you know, can <laughs> yeah. we afford a microphone? Yes. <laughs> so it was that kind of feel. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think that you also agree that, like, there's a club show. There's nothing like a club show. Well, that's what I did for my special. I just uh, I didn't want to do a theater because you're a different person at a theater. It's not, you know, like for me and you, a theater is a. A, a, you know, a, uh, like it's it doesn't happen all the time. So when we're in a theater, your your pace is different. The way you walk around the stage is different. I mean, why not do it where we do it uh, all the time in a club? Yeah, I, I think that the club shows definitely have that extra, you know, pop. You know, they really do. And that the comic feels more loose and free. And the audience, I think, also like kind of relaxes into it and gets it you know all right, all right so the that theater shows it's, it's like a big to do or something yeah like no that. yeah i don't like it i don't like the pressure of it i don't like uh trying to make it because you know i i work better if i'm just real close to the audience there's just a few hundred people there so all right so that's going to be on comedy central um at uh april 12th at midnight so 12 and, that, and 12 all right it's going to be uh yeah it's it's a dirty show for the network i think that they really stepped up and they're trying to be good by the comics so you know i i give it to them they they did they did right by me, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm cool with that. Right after that, though, is the start of the new series, Comedy Underground. What so, is that, man? You don't mind if I double up and promote more. No, you? that's why I'm talking to you. The com- you're, So you're hosting, like, an old-style comedy showcase show, like the ones we used to do, or what? Yeah, I'm glad that you said that, because uh, a lot of these, like, uh, newer comics, they're like, Wow, these comedy showcases. It's like, I don't think they remember the evening at the Improvs and the uh, Caroline's Comedy Hour. They don't remember all those things. The John Biner on the roads. Oh, yeah. Those were the things that, like, comics did for years and years and years. And they kind of, like, uh, you know, they actually worked for a while. Then it kind of, like, 
you know, there was too many of them. We might be heading that direction again, but yeah, that that that's what I'm doing. I'm kind of like the Bud Friedman on this. I'm the uh, who would you say the Rodney Dangerfield? The Rodney Dangerfield. That is a great compliment. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it is a great compliment because those are the shows we watched growing up, and those were the first TV shows that you and I did. Evening at the Improv, yeah, Caroline's it Comedy really Hour. It's like you know the comics come up, they do like. A couple of minutes, you know, I get some really cool people to drop by to try and, like, you know, basically, it's all, we're all winging it, it's all improv, but, uh, you know, uh, Jim Norton, Amy Schumer, Artie Lang, uh, Jeff Ross, they all come by and, like, you know, do some stuff with me on stage or in the audience, and then the rest of it is just straight up, really dirty, uncensored, unfiltered comedy, which is, you know, for for those of you who know comedy, it's so PC right now, it's so judged, it's so tweeted, it's so whatever, that... Like, the real core of it is these club shows and, like, comics being able to, like, you know, really make it raw and, and like, you know, take it to the limit, I guess, or you could say push it. And uh, now it seems like that's, like, kind of out of style or it's just, like, an endangered species or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The good good, uh, good filth is an endangered species. And I, I'm glad you're doing it, man. It sounds like it's fucking fun. It sounds like it's perfect for you. It sounds like it's going to be great because those comics are great. And it sounds like, you know, you're back, man. You're back. Comedy, it's con- you No, know. this is not for me, this show. I mean, like, honestly, you know, uh, I'm not a big self-promoter and I really should give a shit like where, you know, I, I assume that I will end up eating out of a dumpster at some point, but... This show is really for the comics. I mean, it's their show. And, uh, you know, we really do try and, like, give them a place where they can tell these jokes, you know, tell the the dirty stuff. And uh, you and I both know it's important. So, I mean... That's yeah. what it's about. Pushing the limit. I'm the Schindler. I'm the Schindler on this. Oh, okay? good. Yeah, well, I'm just thanks. trying to save as many filthy <laughs> naughties as I can. <laughs> well, hey, Dave, I, I, I'm i glad to talk to you, and I'm excited about the show. I love talking to you, Mark. And you look, sound good. How's your show doing? I want to I want to hear about it. Uh, no, I mean, it starts May 8th. I feel pretty proud of it. We did 13, and uh, I think they look great. So, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, what? and then I just put it out in the world. We'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes. Uh, maybe I'm going to say it right now. You are the hardest working woman in show business. I appreciate that. And, I, you know, I'll meet you at that dumpster if it comes to that. <laughs> All right. Bring All right. your knee pads. All right. Take care of yourself, man. Thanks, Mark. All right. Bye. Wasn't that nice? Wasn't that nice to talk to Dave Attell? His new hour, his special road work, airs on April 12th at 12 midnight on Comedy Central. And his new series, Comedy Underground with Dave Attell, airs on April 12th at 1 a.m. Okay? Gotta love the Attell. Sounds like it's going to be Attell year on Comedy Central. It's good. It's glad to see him back. Oh, yeah, and this is all part of Stand Up Month on Comedy Central. So uh, enjoy the Attell, all right? Enjoy him. Todd Berry is one of the funniest guys I've ever known in my life. We go way back. I truly love watching him. He's hilarious. His new special is hilarious, and I'm glad that he was in town so I could sit and chat with him. It's like old home week today on the show. I called to tell, got Todd in here. I right, let's go, let's go. I'm going to talk to Todd now. All right, be careful. What do you mean, be careful? What do you think is going to happen? Pay attention. All right, here's me and Todd Barry. <laughs> You're in the seat, Todd. I know. I mean, it's not like we haven't done this before. I know, but I've never done the. Uh... The one-on-one. But I don't know why that is. I don't. I don't know what I'm thinking. I mean, you were there at the like at the very beginning of this show, and then I had you on the live ones. I know. 
I I'm think probably, it, I'm shy. Probably is it? Is that it? I think I might. I know. I don't know if I would have me on my show. <laughs> oh, that's such a shitty, what? hacky thing to say. Is it? Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought. I don't know. I mean, Jesus Christ, we go so fucking far back. I know. It's so bizarre that you and I were the only ones that weren't working at some time. Do uh-huh. you? Do you remember? I remember the wandering around the early days, the Lower East Side. Yeah. Not be, we, you know, we could get spots at Boston Comedy Club, not going on a catch, right. but you go up there and wait there. I couldn't do it. I know that 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 waiting. I'm kind of kind of amazed that I did that. And you, but you, you didn't get on hardly, did you? No, but they used to have that. You ever do the stand the standby spot there? <laughs> catch Rising Star used to have this standby spot where basically you. I think you got like twenty five dollars, right? As opposed to whatever it was paying sixty or fifty, and you were there. If one of the acts they really wanted on yeah. was running late, right? <laughs> so you're sitting there, and you're like, "Oh, I hope, uh, I hope John Stewart's taxis breaks down." And you're like, "Oh, I hope he's running." And and then you, then they'd walk in the door, and right? Like, oh, oh fuck yeah! But I mean, were there other people? Wait- See, like I could not stand Louis Ferranda so much, yeah, that to give him any power of decision over my life was nauseating to me, and I just couldn't sit up there. Ah, uh, that would be I. Uh, what? I don't know if he listens. I was I does, yeah. Who cares? Yeah, that would be a healthy reaction to Well, I mean he used to he used to fuck with people. I mean he would I'd see guys who would like just horrible. Just, you know see some guy drive from you know, came from Connecticut yeah. to audition for him and he would walk out in the middle of the set because he didn't like the guy and it's like, you know, the guy was thinking about this all week. Yeah, and he's he was just a fucking bartender initially. Yeah. I don't look I look, get along fine with him, but I know because I, I don't talk to him anymore. Well, but I, but I, I mean, I've talked about it before. It's just it's weird in my mind the people that that I can't seem to forgive, and it's just like it's guys like that. It's him. I mean, I just can't handle it. Yeah, I mean, there are there are people who I look back at and I go, oh, where are they now? I'm still a comedian. Where are they at? <laughs> like who? You don't want to. Throw I don't want to say names, right, but right. they, but also you know sometimes you look back and you go. All right, maybe they were a little bit right to not rebook me. Like, you know what I mean? You're like, like I barely think I'm good now. I, 24 years ago, I don't know that I had the chops that I thought I had. I th- like personally, I mean, I think that because we were like at the time we started, I mean, Louis was already getting spots everywhere uh-huh. and like Nick DiPaolo was and I think um I don't know. It was like me, you, and Liv Schultz, and I think Sarah were not really... We were only working one or two places. Like, I'm thinking 1989. Yeah. I mean, I, I moved to New York in 89, so it must have been... Yeah. So right. we just got there. Yeah. And I remember... I, I actually remember when you got funny <laughs> in a weird way, because like you always did exactly... And I think it happened for all of us, because I remember with Jeff Ross, too. I remember when I first watched Jeff Ross when he was Jeff Liv Schultz, yeah. and I was like, wow, why is this going on so long? <laughs> this is... Imp- it was impossible to listen to. I couldn't understand how people could listen to it. And then one day everything just clicks in. And I remember like you were not doing much different, anything different than really you were now other than the confidence doesn't quite. Yeah, happen. I've seen that happen with comics. Where, right. Where you're just like, oh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like they're talking. They're, they're right. doing different kind of jokes. It, yeah, they just click into this next level. Where'd you grow up in Florida? I, well, I lived there. I moved there when I was eight, but I lived in uh, the Broward County uh, where Marilyn Manson lived. That's how you, my mother lives there too. But you're gonna. She lives her. in Broward County. I think so. Isn't or no Dade County? Yeah, you're right. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah, I lived in in uh, Western Broward County. Did so, you but know Marilyn to, Manson? No, no, oh. no. But I actually ran into him once, and yeah. I asked him about. It. I go, "Did you live in Coral Springs?" He goes, "Yeah, I did." And that was it. <laughs> well, he was, I think, high on absinthe. 
I'm just basing that on the fact that I know that he was high on absinthe. Is that called being high? I don't even know. But I mean, but that was. Did you did you say like you know I am too or nothing? Or no, no. It was just like a quiz no, question out of no, nowhere. This was at the Toronto Film Festival. Yes, thank you. But um, what were you doing up there? When I was in the wrestler. I, I, that was great, man. How? Why didn't? Why didn't you take off? It's weird. Yeah, like when I did the wrestler. I mean, I've I've certainly done stuff since then, but I, it was a thing where I was like, oh man, this is, I'm going to start getting so many. I'm going to get offers that I don't want to do, and it's going to be uncomfortable, <laughs> and I'm going to have to like. I actually got it myself worked up like for this. Am I going to have to sell out? Because when they see me in the wrestler, I'm going to be like. And I wasn't necessarily bombarded, but I yeah. mean, people saw it. Yeah. And liked it. But that was that was the first place your brain went? Like, yeah. I'm going to turn shit down. Yeah, it's not like, like I'm going to get oh, something. Oh, man. I'm going to get too big, bigger than I ever wanted to. It's out of control. But I remember you acted early, like earlier on, because you were, you were a good actor. I, I'm okay, but I, I feel like you had a handle on it early on. I mean, think I'm trying to remember what. Was it some of those old Louis movies? What was your first acting? Um, I did some of the old Louis movies. I did Larry Sanders show. Yeah, what did you do on that? Did you, how many I played, episodes? Uh, I did two episodes. I played a writer named Keith. Oh, uh-huh. And uh, one episode was with Sarah Silverman, where she was the new writer. Right. And the other one was called The Prank, where we um, we had a fake audition just to meet hot women. So, But that was like early on, right? Yeah, that was a long time ago. Like, yeah. I don't, I'm surprised I didn't know that, because there was no, like, uh, it's not hitting a jealousy button. There was no, usually- with I think your, you're just so stunned that you're just like, with your, it'll kick in later. You're like, because, what the fuck? No, because we were so close, there's those moments where you're like, how'd you get that? Where, yeah. What uh, what did you who what happened? How'd that happen? Yeah, it's hard to resist the how'd you get that because you got to you got to say that correctly. Some people interpret it as sometimes it's just like, hey, I was just curious how you got that. But some Rarely, people, but some people you know like how how did you get? that? Yeah, yeah. What is what? Yeah, how when did that happen for you? Yeah. What were the early Louis movies though? There was Caesar Salad. I remember Caesar Salad where you played the guitar. You were playing. I, no, I played drums. Drums because yeah. you're a drummer. Yeah. And Jeff Lifschultz was playing my guitar, and then right. I did the soundtrack of that. That's right, and then we actually we recorded some of the soundtrack. Yeah, you and we in that studio. Yeah, with uh, Louis. Yeah, I got cut out of that movie, but we we did the music. I think he wanted to replace my drumming, also, which I, <laughs> in retrospect, I you know it's like yeah, well, he could have gotten the real drummer. <laughs> we, <laughs> you know, get me. But you were a drummer. I was, yeah, but I wasn't like I wasn't like I'm not like your go-to studio guy. You're <laughs> not gonna be like, let's get Barry in here. He'll knock it out. We'll be out of here in 20 minutes. But I remember when I when we first started hanging out, you had that. You had that weird apartment that you kept for like decades. Yeah. Oh God. With that back room, then you had the roommate who was a painter that I remember you had one. Oh painting. wow, yeah, that was my first roommate. Then. And he had like one painting that. Uh, yeah. But you knew him in Florida. I knew him in Florida, and we moved up. Uh, I knew I wanted to move to Manhattan, I, like even before I started comedy, and then yeah. I just kept in touch with him, and he's like, he wanted to move to New York, so it seemed just, it's kind of the, a good idea to go up there with a friend. Then we moved to the Upper East Side, which is Really? That was the first thing? Yeah, and, but also, you know, when you move to New York, and you you're, yeah, you no. can't really be as picky, because you're just like, oh, I'm in New York, and it's like, even the worst neighborhood in New York City is like, night and day what you came from. Yeah, but, but when you were, I remember that apartment, because there was just that weird, kind of like, like not a full fold-out couch, but like a... There's that little couch. <laughs> you remember that couch? Yeah, and you it was used... one of those things I found. Yeah, I was excited. It's like this. Oh my god! Here's a really unusually small fold-out couch. <laughs> it's perfect for the person <laughs> whose kitchen is their living room. Like yeah. I couldn't imagine anyone else buying that because thing. because your TV was sitting yeah. right in the middle of the kitchen. Yeah, right? it was. Yeah, and then there's that t- there's a table right there, and then the sinks are right there, and then your room was in the front, and then the weird room with the bunk bed in the back. 
Yeah, there was a um, a loft. I don't know if my first roommate had a loft, but someone eventually. But I, I lived in with Brian Kiley there also. I know Brian Kiley, the mysterious roommate. He was the best roommate because he was never there. He was, he just... was never there, and when he was there, he was the nicest guy. But it's fascinating because like he had a life and a family and a house up in outside of Boston. Yeah, and he was writing on Conan O'Brien, and he would just what sweep at your house during the week, the four schedule, days a week. Yeah, the, his schedule I remember pretty vividly was he would go to work with his bags on Friday. Yeah. Uh, fly home directly from work. Yeah. Then fly direct. Then when he landed back on Monday, go directly to work. Uh huh. So that killed like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and mainly Monday. Yeah. But and but he was a really nice guy. I just saw him earlier. I did Conan, but uh, but he was like a guy. He's he's weird because he's he's this big muscly guy. Yeah. But he's the gentlest, sweet guy. Like I remember coming home one day and the like the bathroom was cracked open. And he was sitting on the toilet, the closed toilet, yeah. reading Voltaire. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he went in there to literally just to read. A little, a little deeper than, <laughs> yeah. well, that, where else are you going to sit? Yeah, well, it was, was just, this, oh, it's just, hey, man, it's just really, it's really, the lighting's really good in here. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you. Of read. all things. Yeah, it's Surprisingly better than, depth, uh, deep. Yeah, it's better. Uh, than, yeah, at least you're not cranking the stereo, so. <laughs> but like, um, but you were a drummer, because I remember like several times, we went to Tower Records to look at your CD. Oh yeah, I had an album. I was in a band in Florida called The Chant, and uh, The Chant. Yeah, and uh, we put a record out, and it was fun. Does it have a cult following now that you're Todd Berry? I mean, like um, a, like a smaller cult following than you actually have as a comic? I don't think it's to the point where they're like, "Oh, we better reissue this." <laughs> <laughs> Although that would be, and I, I would kind of, be, you know, my drumming was not, you know, it's okay, I'm music fairly one. humble about my drumming. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, it was kind of garagey, yeah, jangly garage rock. Uh-huh. Um, what happened to the guitar player of that band? There, those couple of guys live in Atlanta. I still see them when I'm going. You do, there. yeah. And Members then, of the chant. You have a chant yeah. reunion. We don't have a re- I think there was a reunion once, but I was not available for. That. Oh, they got another drummer. Yeah, they, had, <laughs> they got a hot session guy to come in there and smack, <laughs> smack out those songs. Um, and one of them lives in in Broward County still, but. Yeah, I see them when I occasionally. Are they still musicians? I guess they play. I don't know that they, you know, kept going full on. But yeah, I mean, it was fun being in a band, but it's hard to yeah. just did get you, along. Did with you tour people. much? Or did, did I what? Did you... We did a few. Like this, that was the thing. Is because sometimes I'd be like, oh, I got to work. I was like, oh man, I got this lead in St. Petersburg. <laughs> I got this warehouse we can play at in in just outside of Orlando. <laughs> For a party, yeah, or yeah. a party or a punk rock club. But I mean, it was kind of exciting back then because yeah, it was a it was a wild frontier. Yeah, and then I was in bands in college, and I was in a band called Die Trying, which I'm sure there's three million bands called Die Trying, and a band called Cuttlefish. But we opened once. Die Trying opened for um, what's that? Circle Jerks once. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was. I remember this. It was like at a you know like a Elks Lodge kind yeah. of thing. But it was the most active icing out. Of an entertainer I've ever seen. What do you mean? Because we would play a song and it would be nothing. Not you suck, get off the stage. But they would stand there. It was just this eerie like song ends. Okay. uh." Nothing. Yeah, no. Which is way too cool for school. Wait for the, we're we're the circle jerks. That's what they were waiting for. Yeah, yeah, they were. They weren't. Well, I hear this a lot from guys who were in bands at that time is that, you know, these punk bands would get into towns like, is there any half-ass uh, you know, unit around mm-hmm. that can just do this, right? So, when did you first start doing the comedy? Then, um, I started in '87. I had um, 
you know, I used to love watching comedy and the quote, like young, hot new comic, like Merv Griffin would say, here's a bright yeah. young comic. Yeah. And I used to watch those guys. And then I would go to, it was like the comic strip was one of the first comedy clubs in New in York? Country. Yeah. This was in Florida, Fort Lauderdale. Oh, that's right. They opened that one yeah. down there for a little while. Yeah. I mean, for a while. Yeah. I was there. I mean, everyone went through there. Yeah. And I would go watch and then at some point, and then there was this place, Coconuts Comedy Club in North Miami. Yeah. Which was part of the Coconuts chain. There was like seven of them at least. Yeah. And uh, I just got the ear. I should, like, I was like, I should try that. Yeah. And you did, and, but you did, you, you just knew? How, what'd you base your act on? I mean, because you. I wrote, I, I was very, uh, I mean, I, I was very prepared. Yeah. Like I wrote out a monologue and I remember it was McDonald's jokes and circumcision jokes. I don't know how I lived yeah. those two. But yeah. but it was prepared. It wasn't like You weren't gonna wing I it. I wasn't just like, hey, what am I doing up here? Well you always were pretty prepared. I mean you write your jokes, don't you? Um not not like I did then. Right. Because then there was no, like, writing on stage because you've right. never been on stage. Sure, so. of course. You yeah. You didn't know what the hell you were going to say. Yeah. Um, but it was it was a good time to start doing comedy because it was... Uh, was it 87, you said? Yeah. There was tons of comedy and people... And you would they would have the open mic part of the regular show. So there'd be, like... But you weren't by the uh, comedy... Uh, the famous one, right? The, comedy Corner? Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, the second or third place I went on stage in West Palm Beach. When 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 McGar was booked? Yeah, yeah, when Colleen was there, yeah. And she like, put me on one of the first few times. Well, that was, like... That place is legendary. It's a great club. I mean, who'd you see? Like, Regan used to be there. Regan, uh, uh, I mean, I, I worked with Richard Jenny there a few times. I worked with... Um, God, so uh, Todd Glass, I was just talking to him the other day. We co-headlined. No, he headlined, and I yeah. was middle. And then um, I worked Steve Landisberg. Oh, remember really? him? Yeah. And I got to like drive him to his hotel. And he, was he a good guy? Yeah, he was really nice. Just was a he mild. funny stand-up? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like it was kind of. Yeah, he was funny. He's like talky, right? Yeah, like, a little talky, but he was just a funny guy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I saw Emo Phillips there, and on, was it Judy Tate and Seinfeld? I saw there. Really? Yeah. Eighty before before anything happened. They before the show. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Did you see Hicks over there? I didn't see Hicks there. I saw. I ended up seeing him in Boston when I was working there. But you know who I started with, and I, I've talked about this a lot. But in uh, the part of the West Palm Beach open mic scene was. Dan Whitney, who became Larry, Larry the Cable, Cable guy. guy. He was a good guy. Yeah, he was a good guy. I remember when he was Dan Whitney, he came to the store occasionally. He drove me to, he got me a guest had, spot at yeah. Ron Bennington. Do you know Ron Bennington? Yeah. Yeah. At, he, Ron he Bennington a, and Fez? The yeah, guy? he had a, yeah. Cl- a club in Clearwater, Florida, yeah. and he drove me in like in his Camaro or Firebird. Whitney did. Yeah, and got it was like a $50 spot. He had spot. like a perm and a mullet kind of, right? Yeah, little yeah. curly hair. And, and also uh, Carrot Top was one of the other. Yep, yep. She found him, yeah. Yeah, and McGar did. I think it was the guy. Yeah, he would, he's like he was like an occasional. You'd see him around, and then all of a sudden, oh, here's getting big, and then he's like, oh, he's huge. It's like, yeah, like fucking carrot top. He's yeah. sort of an odd fellow. He's very soft spoken. Yeah, guy. I listened to your episode with him. He yeah, was, was a nice guy, though. He, yeah, it was uh, it was Charlie Viracola talking for Carrot Top yeah. most of that episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, what Top wants to say? So weird, man. That was such a weird thing to. To see how much money to see that compound out in Las Vegas. Oh, really? Was it was it yeah, huge? Yeah, dude. It's one of the, like you know, it's like a switch for flames kind of thing. Nice, like, yeah. <laughs> that kind of place. I always forget to buy the switch for flames. <laughs> <for my apartment. laughs> Maybe I don't know if I'm, I'm adding that or what. So okay, so you start down there, but your your parents. I remember meeting your folks. I remember your daddy looks kind of like you. Uh yeah. Now, as I lose my hair, I be I become yeah. I become more and more. Looking like him. what did he do? Was he an advertising? He was an advertising guy, but not like a, not Mad Men. No, he wasn't Mad Men cutthroat. Yeah, 
Were you just of, Florida advertising? It was now because what? Well, we lived in. I lived. I was born in New York. I yeah. was born in the Bronx. Right. And we lived there till I was five. Yeah. Then for some reason, which I forget, we moved to New Paltz. Yeah. Um, for three years, which is a hip, kind of a hippie college school town. there. Yeah. And then the company was working for the entire company said we're relocating to Florida. So that's how I ended up in Florida. So that was headquarters. Yeah, yeah, the headquarters just said we're going to South Florida. And you got a brother who I think I met once. Yeah, my brother lives in yeah, he lives in New uh, York, right? No, he lives in Arizona. Didn't he live in New York for a while? He did live in New York. That's when I met him. Wasn't he doing an advertising thing too? He's or advertising too. I'm the only guy who's like a real artist. And what do you got, guy. sister? No sister, that's just, it. Just you too, right? Yeah. Because I, I was always mysterious, man. Even when we were hanging out, I'm like, do you have a family? Does Todd Perry- <laughs> You thought I had a secret sister? <laughs> I, I just, oh, by the way, I have a sister. We just, never mentioned your sister. You always played your cards pretty close to your chest. Oh, yeah, I am, I am a, I'm a little close to the vest. <laughs> close to the vest, yeah. yeah there's like, nothing really interesting. <laughs> that's not true. If I move the vest. <laughs> 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 he went to your brother went to Arizona. That's where my brother is. Yeah, your brother, man. If you're if I met your brother anywhere in the world, I go, you must be Mark Merrick. Like he talks like <laughs> he you. It's does, pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. He I know you like must me. get tired of people saying elongated that, but, version of me. But he lives in Arizona. Yeah, right? where does your brother live? In uh, in the Arizona area, <laughs> Phoenix. <laughs> That's where my brother lives. Phoenix. <laughs> we should get him together. Maybe they could they could be eating at Houston's right now together. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe meeting at the Biltmore Mall or something. Yeah. What the hell is it? Have you go out there ever? Yeah, Arizona's kind of, I kind of like it there. I, I like, like the heat. The heat's nice. I do. Um, I realize that I, I don't have the crazy ambition that some people do. But it's, but also, I, I don't know if it's that. I mean, it seems like you're comfortable with who you are, you know, in terms of your performing. And, you know, you just found your niche and you got, you know, you got a lot of good friends. Yeah. And you seem to be in a good clique of people. Yeah, I feel I feel somewhat respected. Yeah, you know, you're definitely respected. You're, you're one of those guys where where people actually, uh, without knowing it, they, uh, they cop your delivery system. Yeah, I keep track of those guys. Do you? No, I don't. You I've, do. You do. There's a. I can tell you a couple that started as Todd and maybe evolved into something. I else. mean, I've heard names before, and it's probably at least one of the names you would have, you were about to say. Well, I, I think I. Well, I know that uh, you know that Judah is a Todd Berry disciple. Uh, I think he has a little bit of Brad Trackman. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's not the one I was expecting. But uh, is it? Don't you know? Isn't it? Isn't that that guy's name? Yeah, I know. Look, I'm not saying that's a negative thing, no, but like, because there was a period there where you know everyone was doing a tell, every new comic yeah, a was tell doing had a tell. A, a tell had a, an army. Then there was the Hedberg army. There's people still doing a tell. It's a lot. Regan gets a lot of. They, Brian Regan gets a lot you, of like. You get hints of Regan, yeah, like because like I see hints of Regan even in Jim Gaffigan. Mm -hmm. Hints. Yeah, definitely. you know, it's like you can't avoid your influences, right? You know, really, like every once in a while, I'll catch myself saying a word exactly. Like somebody else, I know. I, I, I it, it's random. I find myself being a little Italish sometimes. Really? Yeah, I feel like I, there's inflections and things that I picked up. Occasionally, I've done the Gaffigan, like yeah, you know, where he goes into that meta voice, right? Where it's very contagious. I mean, that's why you know, that's why your brain locks in. You got to like Ugh, purge yourself in that moment. Yeah, Gaffigan is uh, he's inspirational, right? <laughs> No, I mean he's just like a guy like for all these people like oh you shouldn't you gotta you shouldn't be low energy okay well <laughs> yeah. he just added a fourth show at the Seattle uh, <laughs> the Paramount Theater <laughs> the the Seattle War Memorial yeah. Civic Center yeah uh, still tickets available nope St just sold out I remember when he started doing the the extended crowd work uh, uh, mixes do you know about my crowd work special right I do man I don't know if I this do, is a show I, where you I plug things I, it, I, we definitely I read about it in the New York Times oh shit you're right they love that Louie anything that they can 
<laughs> Louis is like, Louis lets Todd <laughs> release a comedy special. This is a nice article, though. It was nice, and it was nice of him, Louis, to do that. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. Me, him and I are getting along. Uh, yeah? Yeah. That's right. You do, you're do. you on his show a lot. I am on his show. We just taped. You and I just Me taped. Me and you were sitting at a table. Yeah. Together. <laughs> I did one of my famous table scenes. <laughs> <laughs> table eating scenes. It's, it's kind of amazing how, you know, that how he shoots with such a... A, like a streamlined crew, and they just and it's yeah, it's pretty relaxed. Like everyone's really nice, and no one seems like frantic. You know what's amazing about him though is that you he'll he'll get. It seems like I've only done two scenes with him, but you've worked with him more. I mean, what's that experience been like with you? He improvises a little bit, but he seems to know exactly what he wants. Yeah, I mean, like last time, like I did a, I just did the episode where it, there's a lot about me, and there was things where it's like, a, well, I don't want to read it, but there were things where like I don't know that I would say this, and, right? And uh, and did he let? And you, he let me kind of, yeah, like kind of, yeah, he did, yeah. There, there were times where he let me improvise more than I, like you never really, he's never like correcting you, like if you say. How's it going? Instead of hi, right, how's right. it going? But he something. knows where the beats are. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got something he wants to say, but he does let you. I do feel pretty comfortable improvising. Yeah, we did improvise, but it's like we, even that scene that I did. It's like I couldn't, like I saw what he was doing for me and him. Like there seems to be a switch yeah. of roles, and it was interesting, but I couldn't quite see what was ultimately going to be hilarious about it. You know, I knew he wanted me to be me, so I be, I was me, and right. then he had Norton improvise some stuff at the end, but I couldn't really see how the scene comes together like the last time i did a scene with him it's like even that one i was like where's the beat you know and then you know he knew exactly where it was it was holding this silence so for him to say something right but i didn't see it on the page and it turned out to be hilarious right it's the editing yeah that. well i'm a moron is what i think it's like sometimes i don't understand shit that's all right man all right i wouldn't call you moron i didn't realize that you did so many dr katz's yeah i did like uh over 20 because I played I got a regular part on that well people love your voice you uh, and John people, Benjamin yeah yeah I mean that, that was really fun show to do and I miss especially when it became a regular gig. yeah yeah was, like, oh, man. was that your first like gig is it recurring I guess so I think I mean I don't I don't really think I've done any recurring except Larry Sanders I did a couple well I guess Louie I've done a few of those so. you've done a lot of those right yeah. you do like what four or five a season at least or yeah about that maybe three or four um, isn't that interesting how that all evolved? Like, did you know, like, I don't know, like I, like, cause in my mind, you and I hung around like almost every day for at least two years. And then like, I went to San Francisco, wherever, whatever, but you know, we're always friends, but like, you never know how the fuck your life is going to go. And like when Louis, when did Louis start taking you out? I mean, when did that happen? You mean taking me on well, the I mean, road? Like, I mean, yeah, because you built this relationship. You're one of his regular openers. Yeah, I mean, well, I'd, I when he started doing theaters, I'd probably been friends with him, you know, eighteen years right. or something. So, I but mean, he picked you. Yeah, but I also think you gravitate. I don't have like many comic friends who are massively unfunny, right? Except for Louis, ironically. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the uh, so I think that you know he probably thought I was funny. But yeah, I, I I've done some nice shows with him yeah. on the road. Do you think that built your crowd up? I don't know. I mean, it the opening act thing. You haven't done a lot of opening act kind of stuff, have you? No, I'm not everyone's first choice yeah. to open. <laughs> they don't want to make it more difficult for themselves for one reason or another. Well, I'm easy to follow, so I am everyone's first I'm, choice. I'm fairly easy to follow too because I'm exhausting. I'm not. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't you really know, close big anymore. Yeah. It's not, I'm not that guy. You know, I just like you know. I, but they're sort of like, oh, okay. I've had enough of that guy. Right. Yeah. But it's it's fun. It's just a thing where you're like, it's, you know, as those tours happen, uh, at some point I was like, 
I, I, I better not do any more opening act stuff. And then, you know, he calls you and you're like, hey, or you get a, an email, hey, you want to do, you know, Kennedy Center in D.C. <laughs> yeah. and stay at the Ritz-Carlton? I guess so. Sure, I can. I don't think that'll hurt my career much. You thought it, you didn't want to be known as an opener? but well, I just that, didn't want to be like Mr. Opening Act, coattails kind of guy. Right, right. But, I mean, at that level, it's not really that. Yeah, I mean, and also because I was on his show, they were quite often excited to see me. Which always was very fun. But did you open for other guys? Were you in a, a rotation? Um, like for the, on that level, I mean. I've o- I opened for Ricky Gervais a few times. You did? Yeah, in uh, at Carnegie Hall, uh, in oh. Chicago. You opened for him at Carnegie. Yeah, I yeah. would love to play Carnegie Hall. It's I've done it twice. I did with it. Louis. I did once with uh, with with Sarah and once with Louis. I forgot which one I did first. I think I did ricky gervais first but because it's not like it's not like it's a huge ass theater what does it see like 3, it's like 2800 it yeah. is almost yeah. three thousand. it is um it's pretty breathtaking it's one of those things you go, oh yeah this this lives this is and did you kill in there i you know i i did well like it's hard because you're they're kind of far away and yeah it's just, it didn't really feel like i was wrecking but also going on first yeah it's not like for ricky yeah does it, he kill he does really well yeah he's super confident like like, well, no, that's what that's that's what he has backstage. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean, he yeah. just looks like Isn't I, that. What his whole thing is? Yeah, he's pretty. Yeah, I guess he's pretty confident. <laughs> that's like. Have you had him on? No, I don't know how to get a hold of that guy. Oh, tweet him. Yeah, it doesn't work. I've tried. Yeah, he doesn't care. Some people just don't give a shit. You know, I can't get Seinfeld on here. I mean, I, don't, I can't get Larry. I mean, I imagine they know about it, but I really think for some people, it's like, nah. Do I have to do that? I, I guess. I yeah. I mean, at some point, maybe like people go, I. Got a billion dollars in the bank. Yeah, I don't. Need I don't to need do to that. do a punk. Yeah, I but I've talked to billionaires. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of whether they they're they're into it and whether they want to to do this thing. I think some people honestly think that I'm gonna you know pry open something, or that like I'm gonna get into some area where they're like, well, I don't want to talk. Right, about right. That. Like I got, I've got something up my sleeve. I'm not that guy. I barely research at all. <laughs> like I, the first time I did Howard show, I was like, what does he got on me? Like I was nervous. Yeah. And he, what, what? I mean, what is there to get on me? What, what's he gonna bring up? Yeah, I've done Howard. I've done Howard a few times, a couple of times. I think he's a good guy. Yeah, he's really nice. He's yeah. very warm. Like, and then and then when you go to to some morning zoo in some other city, and yeah. they're, they're trying to be him, and you're like, you know, he's actually very nice it's, and warm and pleasant he's guy. Not a, he's interested. He's appreciative. He yeah. thanks you. He he listens. Yeah, he listens, and yeah, yeah he's not trying to just crush you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but all right. So let's go through a, a couple other things then. So you did the Larry Sanders. You did the the the. The Dr. Katz, you did The Wrestler, uh-huh. you did a short film. Flight of the Concords I did. That's right. You were that guy, too. Yeah. You, you were like in all the groovy shit. Yeah, I was. I don't want to miss anything that like Todd Berry nerds are like, I can't believe you didn't ask him about it. Can't believe you didn't. Pootie Tang. Pootie Tang. Were you, you're in Pootie Tang, right? No. Nope. No? Okay. I, the only thing I've been, I was cut out of Caesar Salad, and he made me do some weird shit for that. And uh, that's it. I don't. I didn't do any other ones. I didn't do any other Louis movies. No. Like, uh, nope. No, but it, you were in you were in the Chuck Sklar one too, right? Tomorrow yeah, I was night. In tomorrow night. Yeah. You've been in all the shit. Yeah. Were you in, in any of the Shapiro shorts? Yeah, I was the one. I was in the one on the uh, Staten Island ferry where he <laughs> he tries to hijack the Staten Island. Ferry. His wife just uh, texted me that he uh, like his dopamine levels are surprisingly high, and he might be able to cut back on the. Uh, Parkinson's meds might oh, that's be one good. of the rare cases of uh, of uh, Parkinson's remission. I hope so. It'd yeah. be nice to get the old Rick back. Yeah, I put him on my show, but he was great. He's always great. He's a cool, he's an interesting character. Yeah, I mean, I 
shot some scenes with Louis with him where I was just crying laughing because they just let him go and yeah. he just goes <laughs> off on this like wow I could never do that yeah <laughs> yeah just, you could never just I could never be that loose like maybe uh, you know and he's real present like he's he's got enough acting chops like he took enough of those classes because like if you remember him back in the day he was always like working it and but like he's very immediate like he'll yeah. repeat things and Meisner the shit out of stuff yeah I remember he, I, actually first time I th- I think I was with Louie and we were yeah. sitting back of the Boston Comedy Club, right. and we had both watched him for the first time. We were like, "Holy shit, what is that?" That's kind of, Force of nature. Yeah, it's just nice to see someone who's funny, funny, and and completely unbridled. Yeah, like, you know, just like you know, he's got some, he's got an axe to grind. Yeah, I, 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 I'm jealous of someone who can cut loose like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, but you do it in your own way. You, yeah, very, you I mean, have a I, very compressed. Yeah. I mean, that was the big joke for years, right? That what, what was it? CD that yeah, low energy. Oh, but, medium energy. Medium energy. Yeah. I mean, do you still get flack? Uh, I don't, I, you know, I've, I've realized that it, it, it's probably affected me more off stage than it does on stage. Yeah. Like it's more a perception of like, oh, he's low energy that he can't do this. He can't do this. Uh huh. But my shows are generally pretty good. Yeah. And well, now me, you've got people. I don't get, yeah, I don't get tons of people. Well, what, what's with your energy level? And I'm sure there's people who hate me, but if, well, what if, are you finding when you do the road? Are you finding that they're mostly your people? What's the percentage? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to scale down. A f- Almost not completely eliminated, but just the multi-night chain right. comedy clubs. Yeah, me clubs. too. Me too. Because it's just there's no need to do it, and you can. There's so many places now. Yeah, you could go to a dive bar and make more money than you'll make for five shows. It's at, weird. Do you have that thing in you though, like where you're like, well, I'm a comedian. I should be able to perform for anybody. Like I can do a second show Friday for a third of a house right. that doesn't know who I am. But they're gonna fuck it up for the people that are there to see me. In yeah. A way. Like, you got to do that. Like, I don't want to spend 20 minutes babysitting drunks doing crowd work because you can't get back from that. Right, because they they got the email blast. Yeah, and it's like I have nothing against them, and I can do that, but yeah. you get to a certain point where it's like it's a lot more fun for everybody. Right, and then, you know, you do these shows in, like, in a bad show, and they're like, some someone gets thrown out. It's like, I wonder if they're the ones who got in free. I would bet everything and I own that they, <laughs> yeah. they got in free. So what was the angle of this crowd work thing? Because like your crowd work actually, when you started, I don't know what the, the special is because I haven't seen it, but, but back in the day when you started doing the sort of, I, I imagine it's different than that, where the, the great one, what was the riff where it's like, where do you live? Oh, I'll be at the uh, the Jackson. Oh yeah, Bell I used Civic to do these Center. fake tour dates. Yeah, it was always better when someone was from like you know Finland or something, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. they could rattle off ten cities in Finland that yeah, I never heard of. Sold out. Yeah, and yeah. so I did that. It wasn't that was more of a structured yeah. thing that I adapted to who I was talking to. This was more just literally going out and uh, just looking around, not doing comedy. It's not comedy clubs. No, it was. Um, the only one that was close to being a comedy club was this place in Anchorage, Chilkoot Charlie's, which is, they do comedy there, but I would, they also do, you know, like, they had, a, they had a band, a Metallica cover band that also plays all country sets there. It right. It's the same band. They're like, yeah, they're going to do the Metallica set, and then at midnight, they're going to do all country. Like, really? the same band. That's <laughs> great. So, is this like, could it function as a, uh, as a pilot? But they're not, I mean, that was, that just talking about something that happened at the club they're not in my thing but right but like what was the angle what was what did you the do? angle was um just gonna do shows completely unprepared with no prepared material and it, how'd it go it went really well like i've done two crowd work tours and the first one i didn't film and how do you approach it the show yeah 
Um, you walk on stage, and if you can think of something to say in the moment, you say it, and then you just kind of go, uh, look around, you go, what's your deal? You know? <laughs> what's going on with you? <laughs> yeah. And then if you, if they, something, some, you know, if it comes up, if something comes up that's funny, then you just keep going with that. But I mean, I was doing shows, some of them were hour and 45 minutes, like with way no longer material? than- With material? Yeah, with just, where I'd look at my watch like, holy shit, I- and they'd be like, stay up there. Like, are you serious? So you talk to what, 20 people maybe? Uh, I mean, some people I would talk to for like eight minutes. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. 10 minutes, but that, maybe not 10 minutes, but yeah. And, you know, and if you feel someone's not into it, you kind of, I'd kind of yeah. back off because right. I'm just not, I don't want to upset someone. But you realize that it's weird. It's a, that skill is not something that, that all comics have. Like Louie can't stand it. Right, and I, and I sort of admire people who don't do it, because I feel like, oh, you're actually doing it. But it's it. also a skill, though. Yeah, they, yeah. That it's a skill that, like, when the chips are down, at least you can do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, let's say the act isn't going well. Right. What's up? Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I like to think I do it in a way that's not just... Right, I mean, you're just not cheap like... cheap shots. Yeah, you're not... It's, <laughs> or just stock jokes or anything. Right, right, no. You get into conversations with people. But, uh... I did one in San Francisco just for, not for the film, but I, I did one in San Francisco for the film. There's a really good venue there called The Chapel. Yeah. Highly recommend. Never been there. But I did, just did one at Sketchfest, and there was a guy in the audience who I was talking to, he was like, I, uh, he goes, man, I, I owe you an apology. I was like, okay. <laughs> this is going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you owe me an apology for? He's like, uh, I saw you at the punchline, uh, like nine years ago, <laughs> and, um, I guess I moved my hand in a way, and you thought I was shaking your hand, so yeah. you shook my hand, and then all these people wanted to shake your hand after. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, I'll forgive you. You're forgiven. Um, what, it's like what? I don't even know what you're talking about. I believe that happened, but it, you don't owe me an apology. Isn't that weird when people are yeah. carrying that shit? Yeah, like, I, I mean, had no idea. I mean, I don't think he felt truly bad, but it was still on his mind. The where, chapel? Where the fuck is that? That's in the mission. It's really nice. It's a little teeny place. It's about two fifty. Oh, I don't know seated. that place. Yeah. yeah. What's some of the weirder shit that happened? I mean, were there any dicey, dicey moments where? Actually, weirdly, like Portland. Portland's uh, weird, dude. Yeah, and it was, but Portland's usually like because I did helium there once, and the okay. audiences were really polite. Yeah. This time I did a music venue where you know ninety percent of one? them were called Mississippi Studios. Uh huh. And it's a good place, and it's nice, but there were just a few like shows. Well, there was a few moments where you're like. Am I on stage at 4 a.m. or yeah. is this an 8 o'clock Tuesday night show? Like, are you that drunk? Yeah. But just people, just weird, just trying to be weird. Yeah. Portland, huh? And trying to act- be weird. I know. And then some actually weird. But yeah, that was kind of. Can you feel that, though? Because I think I can feel it in a room. Like, if I, like, a lot of times, like, when I'm doing a club, uh-huh. like, I'll go out, I'll go into the room, like, when it's almost all seated, just to see if I can vibe on, like, trouble tables. I, I do that a little bit, but. Sometimes I'm I'm way off. Like yeah, sometimes yeah. you'll just hear someone. I'll just hear all over here like one sentence they say. And oh, this fucking this is gonna be. So you so you hear people like walking. Hey, we should heckle. Yeah, and, but they have no intention of doing that. Right, and right. then they actually enjoy the show. Right, but it's, yeah. Sometimes it's not the guys you think it's gonna be. It's. I think you know it would be great if clubs did a little screening. You know. Yeah, like you're profiling. You yeah. look too drunk. Or and yeah, stupid. Yeah. Hey, you let the office party in that was <laughs> intoxicated walking in, and now you're gonna sell them drinks. <laughs> but definitely take their money. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. So okay, so the special. How does it work now? You just down, how long? How it's long a, is it? It's seventy minutes. Uh, really? Yeah, it's a little bit of a tour document, just a little interstitial. Nothing. Where are the too cities you went? I went to start in San Diego, 
Then I did Largo in Los Angeles. What did you do in San Diego? The Casbah. How was that? That's cool. It's like a down and dirty I don't know rock why club. San Diego makes me nervous. I mean, I did the La Jolla Comedy Store, but I don't like. I don't know what goes on. I feel in like San Diego. San Diego. I mean, I had a good show there, but I feel like they. I did a show there with Louis once, where people yeah. were like yelling shit. For, it's like yeah, it's in like, a nice theater too. You're like, it's like beach towns in general. It's sort of like you know that why they don't live normally. Like right. I can't do shows in Florida. I don't know who the hell what is in Florida. I can't. Have you ever done the improv down there at the Hard Rock? No, I haven't. But. It's like, what, what? Is there any place to work in Florida where, like, like where you're gonna get? <laughs> right, right. Um, well, I mean, I'm, you, I'm not shitting on Florida because my mother lives there and I like Florida. Yeah, but I, I can't figure out what the hell's going on down there. I did the South Beach Comedy Festival. I'm like, these people aren't gonna want to come in and see me. They want to be out by the beach. Right. I just don't ever get the feeling that it, like people are like, what are we gonna go inside for that? I think that's why New Orleans had never really been able to get a comedy club off the ground. Although I've had some really good shows in New Orleans. I had, I did it once. It was short. But I think people are too like, Katrina. Uh, we want to bounce around and yeah, I, it's, drink and, in the and, street. Yeah, and drunk people, I, I, it's not great. It's not, yeah. Have you ever been to Denver? That's a very drunk place. Yeah, my last experience in Denver was not enjoyable. <laughs> I played- uh, At the Comedy Works? It was, yeah, I guess I can't, it's too late to say it wasn't the Comedy Works. I, I had the same It experience. was their suburban room. I didn't do that one. Which is- In the mall? Yeah, and it was just one of those things where you're like, oh, did you- did you just grab people literally off the street and hurl them in? Or did you, they like gave out tickets at like a Botox center and just these awful, awful people. Couldn't get over? And it was like, there was a guy who tweeted like, Todd the Barry deserves better. There was bad crowd control. I was like, how often do you see someone tweet about crowd control? <laughs> Gotta be pretty but, bad. But I mean, they, they, you know, they're, I mean, I've the, had good shows in Denver, and the Comedy Works is a great room, but people get shit-faced. Yeah, there. I mean, I only did the downtown room a long time ago, and the shows were good, but there was, it was like, oh, these are a little rowdier than I thought they'd be. Yeah, yeah, because it's an altitude thing. I think it's, they have two drinks, and they're fucking hammered. I get, yeah, that could be it, actually. But okay. Alaska, you know, they were serious drinking up there. What have you, you played do? Alaska, right? Once. Yeah. I mean, But they're kind of like... It's cool to fly into Alaska. They're, yeah, yeah. They're, they were rowdy, but not in a hostel, just like kind of almost, isn't this the way we're supposed to be kind of way? Right. I, Louie once said, like, I got, I they used to have a gig at a college in Fairbanks. And I know he had done it. And I asked him, I said, what, what's it like up there? He's like, oh, they're very happy that you came. <laughs> yeah, that is the no, that is the famous thing about Alaska. Thank you for coming up yeah. here. Thank you for coming up. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because it was, took me 15 hours. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. Yeah, they are they are appreciative. So okay, so you go San Diego and then oh, you San do Diego, Largo, Largo and L.A. I did San Francisco, the Chapel. I did Portland, Mississippi Studios, Seattle. I did the Crocodile. I don't know any of these Vancouver. Rooms. I did the Biltmore Cabaret. I've never been to any of these. Rooms. Yeah, you should. Uh, like certain cities are great, and then certain cities are like, nah, nothing, nothing going on. But do you like going to cities? Like I like I like when I get booked to the city that I would never think of going to. Like like where? I don't know. I just you know like did a tour with Neil Hamburger once, and then there was like this date we had off, and they're like, well, this Toledo club. Uh, I was like, yeah, let's go to Toledo. Yeah, because <laughs> like, I'm not going to be going to Toledo. How was it? It was fine, but I also like that. Seeing I, new places. Seeing new, yeah, I find like finding something good in every city. I did a show at, um, like, I did Columbus, Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm going to go to Cleveland, Ohio. Like, I got Ohio pretty covered. Yeah. In Pittsburgh. I think I did Pittsburgh. I like Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yep. It's a good town. Yeah. It's Philly. Way I like Philly. Philly's good. Philly's like, you know, it's a real place. You know, have you noticed when you go to certain cities, like, it's got, like, it's not a fake city, but right. you really feel. Like that's why I felt. Type. That's why I like Detroit, and I like. Uh, Where'd you play in Detroit? Well, when I did this, oh, I did this movie Vamps. I don't know if you know about that. What is that? 
It's, How'd you get that? <laughs> well, it was Amy Heckerling who did Clueless, and yeah. Uh, but she, I, I did something else. I did this film Loser, where I did some just voiceover ADR. Yeah, because some guy had sounded too Canadian, and I guess that's where I met her, and she gave me this part. But I mean, my I play it was a vampire comedy with Alicia Silverstone and Kristen Ritter and and Sigourney Weaver. I was her right hand vampire. When did that come out? I think it came out. At, a couple of years ago, but it came out, oh wait, when was uh, a little over, I remember they were supposed to have the opening night of the day that Sandy was really, like November 1st or <laughs> right, something. Right, But, so I think it flew a little under the radar. Yeah. But uh, I went to Detroit a few times and I was like, why don't I book gigs there? My air, my hotel's already covered. Yeah. So anything I make. So I found like an improv theater. Uh-huh. And I just went, oh, I was like, hey, can I do a show here? And, uh, and you did all right? Yeah, yeah. It was just yeah. It wasn't like yeah. But and what do you what did you do with the how many delocateds did you do? I don't know how many I did. Did a lot. I did um, yeah, probably ten, eight. I don't know. Glazer's funny. Yeah, he's very funny. I like the whole Glazer, John Benjamin, Todd Berry mix. Yeah, those they're <laughs> funny guys. And yes, I include myself in there. <laughs> and and are you still good with Letterman? Yeah, I mean, I last time I did it, it was uh, it was a little stressful, but it's always stressful. But yeah, they, what it was just a thing where they uh, I don't know how much I'm supposed to I, I can say whatever I want, I guess. Yeah, just it was a thing where like I kind of want to. I feel like at this point in my career, just go. This is what the set I want to do. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to work with. You. I don't even know who's there anymore doing that. Well, there was a guy there who is now works for Fallon. Yeah. So, have you done it lately? No, I did panel the last time that for the first oh, time. Oh, that's right. I think I saw that. that when was I good. did the Mel Brooks story. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. He was great. It was like, it was thrilling for me. Yeah. I mean, Letterman's one of the best. Well, you, you know, when you do stand up, you don't really think that he, you know, not even sure if you, <laughs> if he connected with you. Like he'll come over and shake your hand. And that's yeah. You kind of just kind of stop, gotta go. He's in the corner. Don't think about it. He's in the corner. Right. And then it. all of a sudden you finish your set and he's right next to you. Right. And you're going to commercial. He's towering over me. Yeah. Yeah. But like when I was talking to him, it was like it was one of those things where, because I remember when you were first doing it and how exciting it is, because it yeah. really meant something to us, and it still means something to me. So when I'm sitting next to him, there's still part of me that's like, oh fucking, he's right there, and he's talking like a person. Yeah. That's when you really realize how huge people's personalities are, because like he's just talking to you, but like when you see him on TV, it's fucking Letterman, but you're just having this conversation. Yeah, I've had one, well. I don't know if you know I did this years ago when I was 18 I yeah. have a tape of this somewhere I I wrote to viewer mail and they called me and I talked to him <laughs> I don't know why I didn't I don't make this more popular I need to dig up the VHS yeah but, but I just told him like, I do a Paul Schaefer impression you should call me or yeah. fly me to New York yeah and he called me I mean they they told me they were gonna call me and then I I think I wrote back on like the anniversary of that and they called me again <laughs> or they read it again they read the second letter when he used to do viewer mail yeah but I remember once I did, as a stand-up, I did it, and um, we were sitting there. I, I got to sit there in the panel. When not they came back do from panel. commercial, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. And uh, he goes, turns to me and goes, hey, how you doing? I go, I go, good, how are you? He goes, I'm tired, man. <laughs> I, go, I go, well, yeah, you know, you did two shows today. He's like, he goes, that's not it. I've been doing this 20 years. And he's just like, holy shit. <laughs> but, I mean, that's a weird, that is a weird lifestyle to be, like, spending... Yeah. yeah, so much your life just in that studio and yeah. doing a show every day, basically. Yeah, I the, when I when one time the one time I sat down, you know, before I did this panel. Yeah, he uh, I did my bit and they go to commercial. And I'm sitting. And he goes, "You can make that stuff work on the road." <laughs> oh God, 
<laughs> That's sort of a compliment. I think. No, it is. It was because yeah. I did good. I've always done pretty good on there. But the last time I was on, it was like, I can't remember if it was the stand-up time or maybe it was this time, where literally they didn't come get me in time. Like Biff was on the wrong elevator or something. I did it once where, yeah, where they, when they let you use the microphone of your choice, which yeah. they don't anymore, uh, they they hadn't put my microphone out. I was like, there's no microphone. Oh, they yeah. kind of scrambled. Uh, but, I mean, they're generally very like, super I got, pro. I literally got off the elevator and Biff was like, now? And I'm like, what? And like, and it was like, they were, I got off the elevator like right in time for them to intro me. It was like, this is crazy. Oh, they they hadn't told you like two minutes or anything? No, it was like, he said, he, like the, someone, the elevator got stuck upstairs and like I walk, you know, I walk in and Biff's like, it's, it's now. Oh, shit. It was great. It was like insane. He's the nicest guy, that Biff Henderson. Uh, yeah. He's like as nice as he seems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever do Leno? No, I never did Leno. I did. I did it. Like the, in the last- uh, Oh, last you did? Uh, yeah. It was pretty interesting. He I, came into my dressing room and talked to me about for a half an hour about how he was you know, just a comic. And, does he? Yeah. Did he tell you that he banks the- He tells what? that to everyone, doesn't he? That he, he only lives off his stand-up money? No, no. For some reason, he had decided that I was in the Conan camp and that like you know I had an opinion on things oh. and that I was not- He He was like, I'm surprised- that you're doing the show. And he's like, I don't get it. You know, I'm just a comic. And he, you know, but it was like 20, 25 minutes. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I just spent a lot, the whole time kind of like trying to take in his head, you know, like, cause like, I still get kind of, when I'm talking to those guys, whoever it is, even Conan, it's like, I can't, it's still magic to me. Like this is happening. It's so heightened. Like you were just there. Don't you get that feeling? Like when you, when you're on, it's it's not normal in any yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, this this I just did Conan like right before I came here today, and it was the loosest I've ever felt doing stand up, and also on panel. Yeah, I because I, I just you just there's just this like holy, this is being recorded. Like even you do an interview, like yeah, a podcast, yeah, you know, if you say something, hard, it's first of all, it's relaxed, and right, right, chatty, but you just feel like every word counts. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, so you did cameras like, are rolling. I can't, I can't remember the last time I did fucking stand up on one of those shows. I should do it. You should. I it's mean, it's weird. I, I heard Seinfeld say something like, it's "Always do stand up as opposed to panel," because it's just like something like you. It's like a weapon if you have yeah. like a prepared bit. It's, yeah, if you got a good five. But for me, it's very hard to get that. That's five. true. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's hard to. Yeah, TV. Not everyone. Yeah, but I've seen you do well. No, I do it, but it's not like it's not the full on thing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? You better see me scramble, you know, struggle a bit. And right. but like with stand up, it's like I'm like it's like tempered. So how long have you been with this girl, man? Oh, my girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> you act like I brought that up already. Um, over a year, that's, year and year and a few months. That's a uh, uh, congratulations. Thank you. That's a big deal. It is. It is for me. It's, yeah. First girlfriend in I think ever 150 years. You still <laughs> drinking the red wine? Occasionally, you know. Uh huh. Have you switched it up? I remember it was the only thing. It was a few glasses a, a week, but it was just a red I wine for you. I don't really pound it. No, no, but I remember that was your thing. Yeah, just was, a glass real, of red I'm always wine. Been really sophisticated. <laughs> what now? Tell me about the swag you got from Conan, and that you're actually going to take that on the plane. You've got a bucket of yeah car- caramel. Well, they, I, they must have had that last time you were there because they had it last time I was there. I don't know a, if I registered. Maybe, yeah, it probably didn't. I don't know if I take things out yeah, of the room. It's a tin of this Chicago-style cheese and caramel popcorn And you're going to take that on the plane. Oh, f- I mean, a, you want me to give it to you? Is that what no, you're No, no, I don't. I, I, uh, I wouldn't mind tasting it, but I don't want uh, you to open it or anything. Um, yeah, I'm going to take that on the plane. When are you going home? I'm catching a red eye on uh, tomorrow night, and I'm uh-huh. going to turn, on the red eye, I'm going to turn 50 years old. Congratulations. Thank you. That's you look good, man. Perfectly where exactly where you want to be 
Anna when you're on your 50th birthday? I, I was in the middle of a breakup staying in a hotel in uh, in West Hollywood that okay. I got on uh, on a hotel app. Oh, the Hotel Tonight or yeah, something? Yeah, on Hotel Tonight <laughs> in my own town. I was I, That's where I was when I turned 50. Wow. And, and you were alone and you didn't have I a- was alone. And then you know, Ryan Singer said, come on, man, let's go out. I'm like, all right. So I went to Canners and I had some soup. Oh, sad man. Time. Yeah. That was my 50th birthday. Oh, that was a big transitional time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? So that happens, man. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I, yeah, I turned 40 and I, I, I was booked into Melbourne Festival. Yeah. And there was part of me was like, I don't want to be in some other place where when I'm turning 40, that's yeah. what I mean. Then I'm like, what if I turned down a gig in Melbourne? And then was sitting there like I'm in an East Village bar with 30 people going, I could be in Australia now, but I chose this. So I said, you know, I'm going to just celebrate Melbourne. How do you do uh, internationally, generally speaking? Um, I I like to do it. It's very challenging. It's very, uh, yeah. I mean, I I do pretty well in London, but there's the, the, I mean, it's just high pressure in London with the. The Soho? The the Soho, yeah. It's just like. Where you're on the set of another show? Yeah, but no, they have a downstairs room now that's. A cabaret room that I mean they use it for other shows, but it's really good. Yeah, yeah, it's really. It's like I only it's like a hundred and twenty. I did mine on the set of some sort of strip. Yeah, down, yeah, uh, whatever is or something. But, but it's just so much. I just feel like you can't go. I can't go to London unless I have like new. Everything's got to be new all the time. Really? Well, because you know, if I go do a club somewhere, there there's not going to be the London Times sitting in the audience. Yeah, or you yeah. go to so the London Times there. Yeah. Evening standards there. Yeah. All sorts of reviewers. And I, I did get good reviews. Not In Edinburgh, I got, you know, I've gotten everything in Edinburgh. I haven't I, gotten the I one can't star go back there. That's a, yeah, it's a grind. I did it once. I, I can't go back there. How many times have you done it? I've done it twice, but there was a seven year gap. To How was that second time? Were you happy you went back? It was better. Um, it's just a fucking nightmare, man. Um, but did you find you drew people that people knew you? Yeah, but I had like an like the first time I did it, I had like a midnight slot, which yeah. was not good. And this yeah. time I had a three in the afternoon slot. Yeah, which to me was like, oh my god, that's a great slot because yeah, it's not midnight. They're not wasted, right? And they're not drunk, yeah. and maybe they also come. don't show up. No, they <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. They also don't go see shows. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. But it's it's, it's a grind. You just it's raining and you're staying in a flat and you're like. God, I just wish I was in a Holiday Inn Express. Yeah, with with the breakfast buffet. Right, or yeah. just a comfortable bed and yeah. just internet that definitely works. But yeah, it's a grind. But there's it's the part of the thing that pulls it. Pull, I was pulled back there, kind of like oh, conquer it. Yeah, like yeah, and it, now it didn't go well time. the first time. This I'm gonna come back. And did you feel like crowds yeah. at forty this time? How was that victory? Good. Yeah. No. No, it was fine. But I, you know, I still like. Where I, else you go? You go? Uh, did you go to Glasgow Festival? Yeah, I did that with you, remember? Yep. That was fun. Yeah, I, I worked out all right. That was, uh, me, I mean, we ended up doing shows. I remember the festival, the shows were like four people in the audience sometimes. It was like doing one-nighters. Yeah. Yeah, but but I remember the bigger shows, the ones I did do, they were all right. I liked Glasgow. I liked being there. Um, yeah, I, I, would, I would like to go back to Glasgow. And I've done Dublin. And I've, I've done, never done Dublin. There's a good festival there. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I think I do all right. I kind of got the hang of... Ireland a little bit, but I just know from the Kilkenny thing, it was a struggle. But it, like by like by the last day I was there, I kind of figured out. Yeah, I did. If I don't talk about me at all. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, because I don't think that's big. Yeah, culture. Like, quit whining. Right. Yeah, you got problems. We're here. Yeah, we we just drank four <laughs> pints of beer. Why don't you just deal with it that way? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, in Australia, I've done a few times. Melbourne, I did 
couple of times. I like it there. Yeah. It's still, it's hard for me to stay anywhere more than two weeks. Yeah, it, it's a little weird because there's just no other festivals in the States where it's like, you're going to be there a month. Yeah. I mean, well, like I, even Sketchfest in San Francisco, they only book you for a few days. Yeah. Even though the thing runs for a month. Yeah, I, I that's okay. You know, I'm gonna. But go it's sort of nice to relocate a little bit. So do, those are the only cities you did though on the, in the special is the the West Coast. Yeah, the seven. Yeah, on the yeah. Yeah. What yeah. other cities that did you go to that you thought were like New Orleans? But did you, will you do St. Louis? I haven't. I haven't done St. Louis in a few years. There's a few states there I just don't go. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean the, Idaho. I've been there to used Idaho. to be a good. Cl- You've never been to Idaho. You never did the Boise Funny Bone? No, you used to tell me about it, but it never booked me Yeah, that was good. I did uh, the South I enjoy some places. Yeah, the South's good. That Good Nights is good. But I like going down there. I like Nashville, too. Yeah, I'm going to go to Nashville in April. To Zany's? No, to some rock high watt. So you just do that, huh? Yeah, and I know we're little theaters. Little, like sometimes I'll find like the UCB of but the you town. Look, but you look for it. So you find like this space will be good. You do a door deal and that's that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, generally, it works out pretty. I think you could do that easily. And there's like, but yeah, but so like, what you what are you usually doing? Like two hundred, three hundred seaters? Yeah, yeah. And you just find the place on your own. Yeah, I mean, I could tell you a bunch of places. Okay, man. I'm just <laughs> trying. To... No, no, I don't mean that in a confrontation. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know, but I mean, but I mean, like, because uh, it's <laughs> like I always think about doing that in certain places. Like, why not just go work some shit out? But I always seem to be stuck in the circuit places. When you deal with a certain agent, yeah, they got a relationship with you. And I, I want to do bigger rooms if I can fill them. But there are some places where I, I don't have that, and you just you, you just ask around. Well, I mean, you have to have an agent who's sort of tapped into that. Like, if you have a comedy agent who's just, I do yeah. the comedy clubs and or, the chains. Or theaters, yeah. Yeah, or big theaters. They might not be know about it. If you have someone who knows music venues. Right. You like the music venues? Do you I, don't necessarily, I don't do it because it's like, oh, I'm cool, I'm playing a music venue. I do it because it's like, all right, there's going to be people here who want to see me. It's not going to be papered. Do you usually have it seated? Yeah, I try to do it as many seats as possible. Because I don't like the standing thing. No, I don't either. I, I mean, I'll do a, a combination. Right. But I, if they can fully seat it, that's the way I do it. And people come for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. All right, so what's on the... So the special's available on Louis Sing? Yeah, Louis site. Yeah. Uh, I got a tour coming up, this final crowd work tour. Now, when you say a tour, you actually do it, like, you know, nonstop or just go out? Yeah, like the first four dates are... Raleigh, Charleston, Atlanta, Nashville. So, okay, so that's four dates there, and then how many dates are you going to do all together? I'm going to do, uh, I think, 14. I'm going to go to Texas, three shows in Texas. Where do you play in Texas? I'm going to play a place, two places. One place I've played before called Sons of Herman Hall in Dallas, which is like a 300-seat sit-down really? place. Yeah. Um, then there's a place called, and I'm sure you, I'm sure they'd book you in a second. Where? At all Dallas? these places, yeah. I think any. Of these... I can play Austin. I got a place there, but I, I I've never played Dallas or Houston recently. I'm, I'm playing a place called the North Door in Austin, and I'm playing a place called Warehouse Live in uh, Houston. In Houston, yeah. Have you been there? Uh, not to this specific place, no. But I know that club's been around forever. It's how many how many seats is that? I think it's about eh, three hundred, maybe. I'm guessing. Why the fuck don't I do that? I never go to Dallas or Houston because, like, you know, my my last agent sort of like, well, why don't you do an off night at the Improv? I'm like, I don't really like working at the Improvs, but that'd be the only way that I could do it. Right, and also the Improv will still paper your off night. No, they're not supposed to. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends. Maybe I didn't have it. I was I was just caught off guard when I did, I did a great show and then I was like, it's really crowded. And they're like, yeah, we let 112 people. And you're like, okay, <laughs> I wish I would have known that. Let's just do a straight up door deal, so at least you can judge your draw. So you don't know how you Poland uh, or you've been to Dallas. So. Yeah, and I did pretty well last time, and it, you know, you get a guarantee, and yeah, and then you just you know. 
I'm going to do that. Get a reasonably priced hotel and yeah, yeah. No, I, I know how to do yeah. it. I think, but I just I, I need to. Maybe we should talk about these rooms. Yeah. All right. So what else? You got movies coming up? Uh, I got. I think I got nothing. I just got the special and I have the That's tour. Great, and uh, it's already available. The special? Yeah, it's on Louis C.K. Is it selling? It's selling quite well, actually. Really? Yeah. Um. Congratulations. Thank you. Did you make your money back already? Did Not make yet, his money but I mean, back? it was an expensive thing. It was a whole camera crew followed me. With Lance, right? Yeah, Lance Banks. He's fun director. to work with. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. He's like a, he's like a, a Did he do yours? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did a good job. He's chi- he's a chill, relaxed. Yeah, he's a good presence. Yeah. He's like, he's and you feel like he knows, he knows what he's doing. You do. You figure yeah. if he was, you know, if he shot Nirvana. Yeah, yeah. He can, <laughs> he can handle me. I'm not even going to be moving around that right, much. Right, right. You don't move around much. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. All right, buddy. So what am I going to drive you back to uh, Hollywood now? Yeah, will you? I will. Let's do it now. I got to pee so badly. All right, let's go in the house. You can All do right. that in the house. Thanks so much. Won't pee in the garage. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. That's our show. Thank you. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, David Tell. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. It's just a countdown to colonoscopy now. Oh, my God. Go to WTFPod.com. For all your WTF pod needs, get the app, upgrade to the premium, get all the episodes, do what you got to do over there. Shit, man. Fucking slam my head into something. I was picking something up and I stood up quickly and bonked it on the corner of a thing. And there's that moment when that happens. That is one of the few times where you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. And then you, you try to hold it. And I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I just bump my head and you're like, ow, owie, ow. And then you, you cry a little, even though you're not really crying. You can't stop it. Just let yourself cry when you bump your head. Give yourself a fucking break. Boomer lives. <laughs> <laughs>